Hello. Date night. It's a date night. I think that's traditionally how we start these. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's been so long. It's been so long. I'm just staring at you going, how are we going to open this? But also, I've eaten all the food that one can ever eat on a Sunday. And also, I need the loop. So between those two things, there's pressure <laughs> building within me, which means I really want to get this over with quickly. <laughs> well, that's a great start to any Isn't film. It? Yeah. But yeah, it's date night. It's date night. And what a romantic happy, start. Happy date night what too, a romantic start to that <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I've eaten too much and I need the yeah. loo. So for those of you who haven't listened to a date night before, this is where one of us picks a film that the other person typically hasn't seen, but we think they would like. Or not. M- maybe not in some cases. Do you know what the last one we did was? I can't remember. It's been so long. What what did we do? Crank. Oh no. Oh, that was a you choice as well, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. And as you're, is you're, this. You're choosing tonight, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, usually we take a turn, but Mark's been buzzing for the last couple of nights. I think you've wasted after six months of not doing this, then you know <laughs> rights pass on to me anyway. <laughs> yeah, really? yeah. You right, forfeited your, your go. Fair enough. I wouldn't have even well, I did think of one actually today, didn't I? And I, and I said to you, is it this one? And you were like, no, but maybe we should do that on another date night. So we've got yeah. one in the bag for a, another time as well. Yeah, I thought it was pretty obvious what we were going to watch. Really? But, um, I, it clearly isn't. It yeah. clearly isn't because I cannot think of anything. But that doesn't mean to say that, you know, this, that's where my yeah. mind is at the moment. Yeah, you're telling me to be quiet. Right, no, on, no, 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 no. You are. Your face is saying, right, be quiet. <laughs> like you're rambling. Please let me move on to the next point I've got in my head. So please progress to the point you want to see. So the film we are watching <laughs> yes. is the 2007 film right? Hot Rod. What? <laughs> Hot Rod? We've mentioned this on the podcast before. Have we? I yes. clearly haven't listened <laughs> so, to, to the podcast during the recording or even afterwards. Or editing it. You're editing uh, yeah. it, yeah. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. So, okay. So I think traditionally we like to go in with as little knowledge as possible. Yeah, but I yeah. will tell you that this is related to our top 10 films of 2021 because this is the first film starring Andy Samberg and the Lonely Island crew. Oh, right, okay. Who you were listening to the other day when we were... (laughs) Why do people listen to this? I don't know. But we were changing our son. It's a two-person job. (laughs) Yes. And you were in one room and I was in another and you had a wireless earpiece in. Yeah. (laughs) Like someone from the police. So you had your little earpiece in, so that you don't have to listen to me chundering onto you. And I, your phone I think was... the listeners can understand <laughs> yeah, and sympathise. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, you know, this is a, an, an interpretation of that. And your phone was in another room, and I went to be a pain in the bum and start messing around with your, sort of like, your volumes and everything. And I realised you were listening to The Lonely Island. Yeah. Yeah, and I paused it, which you found hilarious. What do you know about The Lonely Island? I know they sing songs that are very rude, but I find funny, which is unusual for me. So, and there are some that are so rude that I can't bring myself to listen to them because it's just too much for me. My cringe factor just goes into overdrive. But there are others, like the Michael Bolton one, which I love, the Mm. Captain Jack Sparrow one. This is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow. Australian or something? No, they're American. Okay, see, yeah. this is the level I'm at, Mark. Okay, right. We'll we'll go into like my history and how I know yeah, them yeah, uh, yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is the first film. It was released in 2007. 
it stars Andy Samberg and Yorma Takoma mm-hmm. from The Lonely Island and is mm-hmm. directed by Akiva Schaefer, who is also from The Lonely Island. So it's the three guys. It's a, it yeah, is yeah, the three guys, okay. yeah. So the two stars and then one's directing this yeah. time around. Whereas in the Never Stop, Stop, Never Stop, Stopping. Pop star Never Stop, you. Never Stopping. <laughs> it's been a long day. They were, all three of them were in, is, am I right in thinking that? Is yeah, that but three? that was also directed by Akiva. Okay, Akiva directs right. a lot of their right. stuff. Okay, right. Yeah. Okay. I'm interested to find out I suspect he probably is in this. It's been a mm-hmm. long time since I've seen this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. This is also a request as well, by the way. And I feel that, uh, yeah, there's the little turn, turny cogs are turning. Yeah. Is this something to do with the Robs? Yeah, Rob Daniels um, heard our top films of the year and said, oh, I really want you to review that. So, yeah. Oh, sorry, Rob. So, uh, <laughs> now I feel really bad that I've just not remembered any of this. So after after you watch this, and it's only 90 minutes, yeah. um, your ire can be blamed two ways rather than Th- one. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can go yeah, either way. Right, let's watch the film. Lovely. What's up, little riders? Jump in the public pool tomorrow. Tell your friends. That's just a sample. Good luck. Don't worry, Denise. I've done this before. So, what are you supposed to be? A stuntman? Wow. My safe word will be whiskey. What do you mean whiskey? What? I just don't get why you're saying it that way. Why I'm saying what, what way? Forget it. I will. I will forget it. Whiskey! Whiskey! Oh! Hey, everybody. We have a new crew member today, Denise. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said a little something about ourselves. I like to party. I like to party. No, Dave, I just said that I party. I like to party. No. I like to party. Okay, nobody parties but me. Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, my God. Shut up. Hey, Rod, maybe you shouldn't fight Dad this week. Relax, Kev. I'm going to win this time. I did like 40 crunches yesterday. Get ready to meet your maker. Oh, God! We hadn't even started yet! I just had a great idea. One big jump, gentlemen. The biggest jump this town's ever seen. Let's party. If I'm gonna jump 15 buses, my body's gonna have to be in top physical form. Do we reinforce the takeoff ramp? No, we didn't have time. Cool. Oh! I've already drafted a rough schedule of exercises that will help us take things to the next level. Oh! Now! No, 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 not yet! Right now! You're a terrible stuntman. What? You're a... Terrible stuntman! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can hear you. It was just really mean. From Paramount Pictures. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a jump for the ages. The moment we've all been waiting for. He's going in circles! Andy Samberg. Who wants to see me do a big stuff? Hot Rod. All great men have mustaches. Yeah, but real men actually grow them, huh? You know I have a hormone disorder! Hey, we're back. (laughs) I have been to the loo, and (laughs) I am no longer feeling overly afternoon teed. (laughs) So, afternoon tea is quite a classy experience. It is, very classy experience. Uh, Thank you to friend of the podcast, Julia, for taking me for afternoon tea this afternoon. Yeah. Do you think this film sort of is in keeping with the mood that you're I, in? I, yeah, 
Um, it's interesting one, isn't it? I was thinking this halfway through. I was like, this is exactly the film that I needed this week. But a challenging few weeks. Yes. Personally and professionally. We've had yeah. a few, you know, there's been a few ups and downs and roundabouts and moments of screaming in the car and mm. just gen- generally thinking, what is going on? Yeah. And um, after my classy experience of afternoon two this afternoon, I think this is the perfect film to round the week off. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm feeling much more positive towards it than I think you think I will be, if that makes sense. You don't laugh at certain points. <laughs> what, what, in life? Yes, yeah, just in life, which to me makes things far funnier when I'm thinking, like, that's a joke which I find quite funny, but you just sit there stoically. It's even more funny to me. I find comedy hard for all sorts of reasons, and the things that I can't quite articulate why I find things funny... Mm. I find dark humour, like, tickles me intellectually. That's yes. a weird phrase. But it's yeah. the only thing I can think of. And I will ruminate over things like that. For But I don't often laugh out loud, sort of, like, at funny things. Apart from when you, when you say things, I find that things that you say hilarious. But I can't work out why. Does that make sense? Like... Like, for the post, yeah, I know. But like often, like in all that, you you will make me laugh, but I don't know why. So I think my my um that posit- might need some unpacking. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, um, my positivity towards comedy often comes from the person and the context, rather than here is a joke, because I don't understand jokes very much. I find it really hard sometimes to to get a joke, like in inverted commas. That there'll be things that you'll say to me and then I'll ask you to explain them to me like at length. And I realise that that's a really quite odd thing to do and not typical of other people who will just, ha-ha, that's a funny joke. I'll sit there and just not get it. And then you'll have to explain it to me multiple times, by which point the fact that it was funny to you goes away. Does that... that, that no, kind no, of I completely disagree. It? I oh, think really? the fact that you don't understand it makes it funnier. <laughs> well, I feel that the humour, like, sort of just fades away slowly. As, you I know. mean, any good joke needs to be explained at least two or three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's and, a then I and then I often end up the, the going, I still don't get it. Yeah. Oh, I get it, but I don't know why that's funny. So comedy is a, is a strange old thing in my head. And I should hate this film. I should hate this film. This is like, I'm thinking about it on a real sort of academic basis. I should hate this film. It's produced by Will Ferrell, and I've never found anything that Will Ferrell does like funny. Even like people like going about Elf, and like I find I find Elf charming at times, but I don't think it's funny. Um, so yeah, I struggle with that type of in inverted commas comedy. Yes. But there's something about Andy Samberg. And this crew and these people, that I think it's the, like I say, it's the context and it's who it's coming from. And I feel there's there's a level of heart behind his comedy that I don't see in others. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that's... I mean, I'm putting my own hands in the air and sort of like, and shrugging. I, I just don't <laughs> know. I find him, I find that lovable, I don't want to say idiot, but lovable misfit someone who has a lot of charm around him but yeah i i like the cow apart from the pop star one which obviously is playing a completely different role but it's still someone who has an amount and the certain amount of confidence Mm. and yet the outside world are looking upon them 
yes yeah. yeah that's right so they have a lot of self-belief and self-confidence that perhaps yeah anyone else looking at was thinking yeah that's like the um the, the person in the community that gets laughed at or yeah you know, that sort of thing so yeah maybe that is what um what really does it for me that person with that self-belief and confidence mm. so the lonely island yes i i remember exactly where i was when i first sort of heard of them because it was on a lost podcast and it was one of the very early lost podcasts so it must have been around 2005 Is it like Darmalos, or... no it's before that before then. it's the it's um, make your own kind of music with Scott and Steve <laughs> um and they put they used to i mean in the days before like podcasting was like corporatized and things like that they used to just put like random songs in the middle i remember they used to put like arctic monkeys in the middle of their <laughs> things and stuff like that sounds like a sort of podcast i would like yes and they did one of the they put in just in the just to finish one of their podcasts um a lonely island song called just two guys mm-hmm. and i was just like what the hell is this mm-hmm. so must have googled it Found it on YouTube, I imagine, because this must have been the start of YouTube. Yeah, it must have been, yeah. And watched it a couple of times. It was Yoma and Akiva mainly doing it, and Andy Sandberg's only in it in a, like, a tiny little bit. And then, a couple of years later, Dick in the Box took off, mm-hmm. which, again, is Andy Sandberg and not Yoma and Akiva. And that's um, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Which, obviously, yeah. you're, you're jumping forward in terms of who they've got around them. The reason they can get Justin Timberlake is mm-hmm. on the back of Just Two Guys and a lot of their stuff that they did, they all got jobs at Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. So Dick in a Box was, <laughs> for anyone who's not seen Dick in a Box, oh, it is a parody of sort of Colour Me Bad uh, type early 90s. It's like o- overly sexualised um, men in big suits. Yeah. So, and it took me a while to get the humour because when I first saw it, I just thought it was just crude. Yes. And I'm not a big fan of sort of just crude for crude sakes comedy. Mm. But once I got, once we watched, because we watched, sorry, I've just realised where it came from. We watched Colour Me Bad on the archival top of the pops so yes. in the uk there was a uh, seminal tv show called top of the pops which went down the, the chart so it showed you the chart every week it went down the top 40 and color me bad was on one from the early was it early 90s early 90s so yeah. the early 90s so they're at 1992 at the moment so it was one of the early 90s and only when i saw color me bad on the old top of the pops did i realize where it came from and and, uh, it, and then we watched it again yes. you know like we do and um, we watched it again and i just totally got that it was a it was a, a comedy ripoff of mm. that because before i didn't have any context and i just thought they were just like you know being silly about penises yeah well uh, so it was a sketch that was shown on saturday night live like on a saturday night mm-hmm. saturday night live for people who don't know that is the seminal american mm-hmm. comedy, sketch, comedy show. sketch show which i've never seen Oh, well, I mean, you'll have seen clips of things, surely. I'm not even sure I have, to be honest with you. I mean, any, anything with comedy in, I tend to just avoid. It has a rotating cast. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a lot of breakout stars. Sort of Bill Murray came from there, Dan Aykroyd, and a lot of mm-hmm. like seminal 80s films, such as like, Ghostbusters came out of it. Uh, Wayne's World came out of it. So Andy Sandberg started in there in, I think, 2005, 2006. At, like, an absolute hell of, a, of an intake that year. Because they have, like I say, a rotating cast like the Sugar Babes. Um, and so the new staff that year, 
was Jason Sudeikis, who had actually started at the end of last season, but Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Bill Hader. I really like Bill yeah. Hader. Andy Sandberg and Kristen Wiig. Ah, uh, okay. So it's that sort of um, cohort yeah. coming through. Yeah. So, I mean, all all four of them have gone on to amazing things. And then um, the other two guys from Lonely Island, Yona and uh, Yoma and Akiva, joined the writing staff and did a lot of the directing of the digital shorts. But I, yeah, at this time, Dick in the Box, I'd never associated the two together. And it must have been this film which kind of, like, someone... It was another pod, Lost Podcast, which was the Damalars, who that recommended this film, like, the orderly called it out. And I was like, oh, it's that guy from that. And it's that guy from that. And then all of a sudden I went into their back catalogue and, and then... And you introduced them to me. Yes. 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 Captain, Captain Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Sparrow, because yeah, I think you started me off quite on. Th- that's quite a gentle one, even though there is quite a lot of swearing in it when you when you yeah. sort of get into it. But the whole premise of Michael Bolton, yeah, being asked to write this song and then going off on his own tangent, being on being... this uh, like a rap song about <laughs> being in a club and picking up girls, and then he all he wants to do about is singing about sing about ca- films. Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, yeah. and also Scarface and Erin yeah. Brockovich. And yeah, I find it absolutely... Hilarious. And Michael Bolton, like, I think things like that, when someone joins up, someone that you think is quite staid and maybe takes himself a bit too seriously, my love for Michael Bolton, like, knows no end now because <laughs> he, he can really take the mick out of himself and you can see he's just... And he, and he gets involved, doesn't he? And all he comes back and he sings on the side. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a pop star. Never yeah. Stop. yeah. Yeah, And there's yeah. another one as well that he does. Incredible thoughts. Incredible mind. I'm so overwhelmed. How did my brain conceive them? So there are songs that... I just find a bit too much for me. Some some of them, I know they're clever. I know they're trying to make a point, but it's just a bit too on the childish scale for me. Yes. But others, I listen to over and over and over again, and actually some of them give me like a great deal of comfort. You know, when you, when you're going to like a big meeting or something, or you're going to do something, and you kind of need like build up music. That's one of the tracks that I have of, you know, from Lonely Island stuff is on a list of things that I would listen to if I knew I needed, like, to be pumped up going somewhere. You like 80s music, don't you? I love 80s music. Did that yeah. work for you? Yeah, yeah. We and should I think really talk about this film. Oh, I think we're, we're going to get to it, but I think, you know, if you think about what he's done more recently, one of my, I mean, my top film of, um, last year was Palm Springs. Yes, and that's obviously that. This you can see the genesis from this to Palm Springs, but the music is exactly the same. You know, it's the eighties. Even one of the tracks I think is I think they use again in Palm Springs. Actually, could well be um, sort of a background track. And I was like, why do I know that? Why do I know that? I think oh, I, because I listen to the Palm Springs soundtrack all the time. But you know, the big ballads, the the eighties music that. Just even, like I said, the incidental music, that that, that electro, that mm. as soon as this started, there was um, a moment where you see Rod's house and there's this little electro vibe going on in the background. I thought, oh, that's so Palm Springs, but it's so me. It's like this lovely sort of 80s thing. Uh, so, yeah, maybe that's the connection mm. in it as well. There's, there's that age 
I don't know whether, you know, sometimes things that are a bit, bit older don't quite hit, but when there's people yeah. on your age wavelength, yes. it sort of has a bit more resonance. So anyway, yes, you're right. We should talk okay. about the film. <laughs> so Hot Rod is a comedy about a guy who believes his real dad to be a stuntman, but needs to raise some money to have life-saving surgery for his stepdad so that he can kick his ass. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, that's the entire plot. Yeah, that's the, that's the <laughs> plot. So he organises a jump of 15 school buses. It's a riff of all of those films that we've seen before. And actually, funny enough, you know what? When I was watching this, I'm thinking, have we spoken about this recently? And I think we have. We were talking about films where it's an underdog who does some sort of sporting event and then comes good in the end. Like Eddie the Eagle Edwards. Why were we talking about that? It was only like yesterday or something. Can you remember? We And we went through all these different... I wonder if it had come from you knowing that we were going to watch this, that we ended up on a conversation where we talked about the the underdog, the sporting underdog. Uh, no, I think I claimed I was going to train for the Winter Olympics, and therefore, oh, that, well, that yeah. might, yeah, that might be it. But yeah, that that's the vibe of it, isn't it? That you, yeah. and it's every comedy film that you can think of where someone has a dream, um, then they the, and then everyone gets really behind them, and then there's a moment of peril, and that and they lose confidence or something like that, and then it comes back up again. But this is very tightly put into a 90 minutes with some really surreal elements to it. Yeah, so, I mean, should we go into spoilers? Yeah, I I don't even think there's any need to say spoilers for this. because you know where this is going from the very beginning. I mean, when you've just described the film there, I was like, well, that's the entire film, isn't it? So, yeah, Yeah. I'll put a spoiler warning on all the the show notes to say, like, (laughs) It, essentially, we're, we're going to spoil this film right from the beginning. But yes, if you don't want to know anything more about the film, stop listening now. So this is The Karate Kid. Yes. This is, to a lesser extent, Footloose. Yeah, there is... This, um, almost at one point I thought, is this riffing off a bit of Dirty Dancing as well? He goes into the forest. Yeah. And he does some sort of dancey, gymnastic montage. Yeah. And that, it really reminded me of those 80s films. But the... So I'm going to point out and I don't quite know why this works for you and other films don't mm. but the sort of thing where someone goes into a forest yeah. like starts doing some aggressive dancing to get out his rage and then it turns into him doing sort of world class gymnastics that's entirely the sort of thing that would appear in the naked gun and I airplane know. and stuff like that and yeah, yet you find that not funny at all. Not at all. Yet this, you were laughing at. Yeah, and there's a bit after that where he falls down and he continues to fall and continues to fall <laughs> down this mountain and it just keeps going. And I was crying, laughing. Yeah. And I couldn't understand why because I knew that if that was Leslie Nielsen yeah. or one of the others, we've seen, you know, when we watched, um, what was the, one of the first films we watched with Val Kilmer when we did Date Night that I can never remember the name of. Top Secret. Thank you. I always wanted to call it Airgun or something like that. But anyway, yeah, Top Secret. All of those that you've had me watch in the past. I, um, it just nothing, nothing happens. But the Andy Samberg rolling down a hill for longer than one would anticipate. Yes. Crying? So, yeah, I, do, I don't understand I mean, it. It is the comedy trope that some things, like, funny, 
and then it carries on to points where it's not funny anymore. But then when you break through that, it becomes even funnier than it was originally. And this really works because you're like, oh, no, they're carrying on again. And then another then shot, on and, and on another and shot, and another mm-hmm. shot. I mean, it, it, it's a thing off the, I mean, the uh, Family Guy do it. Okay. Um, the Simpsons did it with Homer when he also tried to do a stunt. It's a well-worked riff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's perfectly shot that for the comedy timings of that, that scene. Um, there is a lot of, you mentioned there is a lot of surreal humour in this. Mm-hmm. And I think that was on purpose because this was, this film was originally written for Will Ferrell. I was going to ask you, was he, because it did seem to be that sort of thing that he he does with yeah. like the anchor man, the one where they're all playing sports. What I don't know these The one films. where they're all playing sports. You know, when sports. they're all speaking, it's, is it named after a sport? It is, isn't it? Like, dodgeball. I'm bouncing a ball up and down with my hand. Yeah, dodgeball. It sort of reminds me of Not this, really Will Ferrell film. No, is it not? I'm pretty sure he's in it, but that's a... Right. Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn Maybe that's film. what I'm, th- I'm thinking yeah. of those sorts of things. But he did Blades of Glory. Right. He did um, Talladega Nights, the Ricky Barbie story, which was a motor racing parody. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, so, yeah, it was a Will Ferrell film. Uh, he dropped out of it. And so they offered it to Andy Sandberg. Because Will Ferrell, is, is he producer or something? Yeah, he's producer. Right, okay, yeah, so they offered it to Sandberg. I wonder lovely. if Will Ferrell is plays his dad in this like the photo oh the photograph it looks very much like him okay but he's under yeah. a lot of like yeah there's a lot of yeah, makeup yeah well I was wondering who the band were you know there's a band playing at the end and they're all they're all dressed like they're like 80s rockers yes and they're all dressed, and they've all got tashes on and big wigs did you see you, in the thing no, who it no, was I, I didn't see who it was no I missed that oh right. it's Queen of the Stone Edge Right, okay. Yeah. yeah, it had to be someone. Yeah, and obviously the, the camera pans on them too long and yeah. Josh Hong too yeah. for it to be, but yeah. Because I thought that might have been for oh, some other comedy greats yeah. in inverted commas, yeah. you know. But yeah, so when they put Andy Samberg in here, they were pretty sure that it was not going to be a hit. Yeah. And this flopped at the box office. Yes, I'd never, obviously I'd never flopped. heard of it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So they just thought, we're just going to put our own humour in, we'll do stuff that mm-hmm. makes us... that. Mm-hmm. Makes us uh, laugh. I mean, some of it really is, and it, it's almost—it's sketchy. Yeah. Not in the, not in a criticism sort of way. It's sketchy in terms of sketch show. It's the humour of people who do three-minute videos yes, on YouTube. Yes, it is. It yeah. is. It's exactly that. I mean, there is one bit where um, near the end, where Andy Samberg is chatting to um, Yorma's character mm. Kevin, and they're just like going is this to the like cool beans. Yeah, sketch. cool beans. Yeah, cool beans. Yeah. which is funny because it's. That's what people say to each other, in you know, in that context, like two young lads, especially if they're like brothers, because yeah. I really believe that relationship. Yeah, I know it's not meant to be like a proper drama, but I really <laughs> did believe that they were like step brothers and they had this sort of like long term relationship. And it's it's what you know, oh, cool, be and you you would want to be the per- the last person to say it to sort of cement that, and then if you just keep saying it to each other, but then they do this thing where it's not even just like they're saying it to each other to to be the last person. It goes into this weird editing, like the digitised robot face yeah. and... Yeah. It's, yes. And it just goes on for two minutes. <laughs> and it goes on forever, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Why mix not? that with scenes of Sandberg showing this film, in inverted commas, a short film that is stepbrother's... No, it's not stepbrother, it's half-brother, isn't it? It keeps yeah. stepbrother. Um, that his half-brother has created he thought was going to 
sort of promote him and his stunt, but actually everyone's laughing at him because he's not a very good stuntman. Yeah. And you really feel the sort yeah. of like the devastation of mm. him realizing that people are laughing at him. And I think what separates this film from just being a goofy little comedy, like almost like stoner comedy, is th- there is so much heart in this. Um, Isla Fisher, who we get to, is absolutely charming all the mm-hmm. way through this. And she has to play the straight woman. Yes. All the way through. She yeah. against these other men. And she apart from Sissy Spacek. She's she's <laughs> Oscar the winner, Sissy woman, Spacek. And um, the woman who works where they go for food, who's yeah, in it a couple of a times. Bit part, it's a yeah, bit part. Yeah. But she she's the sole woman really. Yeah. Um and whilst there's loads and loads of problems with it in that she only ever talks to the other men and it's really a, one's like a bad romance and one's a potential romance you know there is yes. a there is, you know she doesn't have much to work with let's just say but she does that so well she's absolutely playing it straight the whole time and she is she is very funny in just do, doing that just completely ignoring yes. the insanity yeah, and yeah. just whilst the world is falling apart around mm. them she is just playing it absolutely straight mm-hmm. um just yeah just not even yeah n- not not selling it at all mm-hmm. yeah i i mean i love isla fisher i've I loved know, her since uh, i'm unaware i tell you what i really like this is gonna sound mad her wardrobe in this yes. is totally up my street. You know how my wardrobe upstairs is just full of t-shirts yeah. that have um, film references on them, yes. but ones that only people who would know the film would get. Yes. So I'd never have like a t-shirt with like the film t-shirt, the mm. film poster on, because yeah. that's too obvious for me. It has to be like a little quote in font or... It's a a business that's referenced in the film rather than the film Yeah, exactly. And that's... I I love her t-shirt. I'm very tired. But yeah, I looked at her wardrobe. I thought she has the coolest t-shirt. She had these ones where it looks like she's wearing a backpack around her her arm. And for the whole time, I think, is she wearing a backpack? Is she wearing a backpack? But no, she's not. And I was like, where can I get that t-shirt? I really want that t-shirt. And Bill Hader wears some really funny t-shirts as well. So (laughs) there's a lot of that where I was like... I really like the wardrobe. <laughs> and that's, I think, when you know you're, you're really getting along with the film, where you're just yeah. like, oh, I want to be in that crew. It is, ab- and it's absolutely timeless the way it's set almost in the 70s, yeah. but in modern times, because there is the internet, there's yeah. uh, cell phones. Although it's really, f- it's a funny modern times, isn't it? Where um, Isla Fisher's got the old, ye old flip phone. Yeah. Well, and he's got a, He's got a landline next to his bed. I mean, that's 2,700. Yeah, that's what people did I, in 2007. No, but that's what I'm thinking. It's it's really funny to look back oh, at, right, okay. you know, at, at that style of phone. Yeah. Now, Isla Fisher, um, I mean, I could fall in love with her during Can this. Can we, yeah, let's, let's, was... let's stop. Let's stop now. I think we get it. She's got lovely hair. Yeah, she has got lovely hair. Very, very similar to, to my own. And she read out on a, a story tonight. Oh, she did. Actually, that's really funny, isn't it? Yes, because um... I was doing some research, yeah. came down, and I was like, oh, who was... The, who was who like, was it was just the end of the thing, and it was yeah. Isla Fisher. I was like, this is so weird. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, at the end of CBB, so every night, they, um, a story is read, and they've got into this habit of inviting celebrities on. A favourite being, obviously, Baroness Floella Benjamin, who's obviously, <laughs> like, a goddess. But they do have, for the mams, 
um, they've started to put on people like um, Tom Hardy. Yes. And it went mad, didn't it? You're like, people were saying, wow, you know, this is not really for the kids anymore, it's for the parents. So now they've brought on uh, Isla Fisher, just for you, love. Just for me, and I yeah, missed it. Yeah, it was a very short story, a really, really short one. Uh, but it was all about um, like a little koala mum or a little koala dad. I didn't notice it. Uh, loving the little baby koala. It was very, very sweet. Oh. Yeah, it was very nice. <laughs> what do you know of Danny McBride? I don't... I Yeah, I know the name and I don't... But I didn't know who he... So he plays a character called Rico, doesn't he? Yes, and he does. got some anger issues, yeah. I noticed. I kept looking at him in the face to try and work out why I know him. Because I know that name. So he's in a hell of a lot of stuff. He's in... So, He's in Will Ferrell films. Mm. Um, so that's not going to help me. He was in things like Superbad and stuff like that. Okay. You will know him from Alien Covenant. Oh, right. Is he... Oh. I'm pretty sure it's Alien Covenant. It's one of the aliens. So is he... Was he like a big... I mean, this is a ridiculous thing to say, but I'm taking... There is a comedy character in Alien Covenant... That, yeah, he's like he's Tennessee. jovial. Yes, he's wow. I wouldn't have put those two together. I know there's a lot of time of coming up. Yeah, but he's jovial. He's got a funny name. He's yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. His big thing is um the TV show Eastbound and Down. Don't know that. It was so. It was after this. It was a pitch beer comedy where he plays. Uh, like a baseball star, like a wash, like someone who got banned from baseball for being too aggressive. Like he was obnoxious and used to punch the opposite players and stuff like that. Who then is is kicked out of the league, so goes back to his hometown to be a high school gym teacher. It's and then it. I mean, that's the first season. It goes on from there. It's hilarious, but probably the one of the most purposefully offensive comedies you'll ever see. Oh, okay. it, it's very much it is that level. Right. It it's it it's hilarious, but it's not one for the kids. Okay. It would be an eighteen on any um home release release, I'm pretty sure. And then we've got to go into the we've already mentioned Sissy Spacek, who's not got a lot to do but She hasn't got a lot to do. It? I mean she is very sort of like mum who's at home the the women are not very well served but having said that, when you look at the other characters they are all... I mean, you don't really get much of the backstory for each of them. I have to... You know, when I'm looking at the, the men as well... Yes. They are not particularly well served in terms of backstory and character. Absolutely not. So I'm not too worried about sort of like the split there. Yeah. But she is very much the mum. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Who seemingly had a relationship with another guy, had Andy Samberg's character, and then has married Ian McShane and had another child. Use so, his full yeah, name. Yeah. What you, oh, um, oh, blah, 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 blah. um, why am I singing the theme tune in my head? Lovejoy, <laughs> Ian Lovejoy McShane. He's done well for himself, <laughs> yes, hasn't he? Hasn't he? <laughs> and he's having a great time in this film. <laughs> I mean, he just was going for it, which yeah. I really enjoyed. I think if you're going to have a character who's playing this stepdad who is trying to make his son, in inverted commas, a man, yeah, because. Funnily enough, nobody knew that he had a heart condition that suddenly come on for the purpose of this film, and he's going to die, so he wants to make sure that Andy Samberg's character, Rod, will look after the family by being, in inverted commas, a man. I mean, yeah. there's all sorts of things I can pick apart 
with this this concept, which I won't go into. So yeah, he's having a lovely time and very physical, very you know he's he's got a lot going on behind the eyes. Yes, um, and having a lovely time when he's being in inverted commas ill because he didn't really look ill for someone no. who needs a, a heart transplant for fifty thousand dollars. Conveniently priced. Conveniently priced. So yeah, he doesn't really look very ill, but the fact that he's lying on the sofa and he's got his little eye open, half open, and he's still able to like get <laughs> creeping behind him in the corridor, having a lovely time and very much enjoyable mm. to watch. My favourite moment in this, and the time when I watched it, because um, I've only seen this once before when it first uh, when it first came out, probably on DVD. I'd have, I'll, this is definitely one that I will have got from the Love Film. Um, you pick your film that you want, and when it comes out, then it, they send it to you in the then post. Then they send it to you in the post, and yeah. then you send then you send it back. Yes. <laughs> um, found it hilarious all the way through, but the shot that stuck with me is the final jump, where he's giving the thumbs up to his friends. And perfect, perfect comedy timing. The camera cuts and the bike is about two foot away from him and he's lost control. Yeah. And then it cuts back to his friends who were previously like cheering him on and <laughs> like, stop now, stop. I I have probably seen that a hundred times because I will put it on YouTube when I just need cheering up. I think that is the perfect comedy scene. Even you laughed at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. And I think I was feeling joyful because I didn't know. And this, this, I think, shows you that I was quite invested in the film, even though I knew it was just a very light, fluffy piece. Yeah. Was I got to that point where I knew there would be this jump and we were building up to it the whole time. Yeah. And I was really invested in whether he would jump it or not. I didn't know which way it was going to go. I nearly turned to you and went... Do you think he's going to do it? But then I thought, no, I won't. Yeah, because obviously he'd failed in all the other... You'd found out that he didn't have this history of being a stuntman in his family and all of those sorts of things that... that, that, I mean, there's some very... And again, it's surreal, isn't it, where he's... um, It's it's almost like um, a computer game where he's turning and he's asking for the spirit animals to come and help, like the bottlenose dolphin. And like Brave Star. Things. Yeah, and then it like, what do you mean Brave Star? I don't understand that. Oh, do you remember Brave Star? No. So Brave Star was a cartoon that was in on in the 80s, mm-hmm. and he was a, um, like a sheriff, and he had a horse that was a horse, but also could turn into, it might be a robot as well, but he could also go on his hand legs and help him like in shootouts. Okay. And the thing that he had was he had oh, the power cool. of the animals. Right. He was Native American, so mm. there's a, quite a tinge of racism in this. Yeah, probably yeah, I'm looking about back that now, yeah. as I'm trying as I'm describing this. Mm. So if he needed to, if he like, if he needed to see far, he could use like eyes of a hawk. Right. And if he needed to hear, he used ears of a wolf. Oh, do you think it might be a bit of a um, strength on that? of a bear right. and speed of a puma? Uh-huh. But he never used ears of a. Uh, he never used ears of a wolf ever. In ever. the like, I must have seen that cartoon, and every week I was like. He hardly ever used eyes of a hawk. Mm. He actually had a visor that came down, and like, but yeah, that he could see further in. But he once used eyes of a hawk, and it was actually a view from above, which was weird. Okay. But I never saw him use ears of a wolf. I'm gonna like go on YouTube after this and oh, find oh no, if it ever came on. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he got into that. Yeah, it was like a Western cartoon. Uh, probably one of the things that was made to um, sell toys because a lot of these things were. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's probably what it's parodying. Mm. A little bit of mm. Captain Planet as well, where the powers okay. combine yes. to... Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but I just, yeah, I didn't know whether he was going to make it or not. I was pleased he did at the end. So that was, and I like the um, the six months later as well, where things seem to have really settled within the family. And it, it was it was a nice, it was a nice ending. Like, what a I nice ending like? as they're kicking the shit yeah, out of each yeah, other. Yeah, and... but no, when he gets his end, he gets his happy ending at the end where um, Ian Lovejoy McShane calls him a man. <laughs> And again, we could we could unpack that all evening. I'm not going to because I'm just going to deal with it as it as it is. But yes, there's there's there, there's some fun to be had there. I mean, I think obviously now we would 100 say that is toxic man. Yeah, masculinity. Yeah. It's a major masculinity. But I think for the for the comedy, um, for what they're going for in this, I think we can. I think they're also riffing on that as well I, yeah, I don't I think, think the film knows that yeah I think Absolutely. the film is, is incredibly knowing in all of yeah. its ways so I don't think it's one of those things where you have to sort of sit there and go hmm you know be a bit sort of po-faced with it yeah yeah the film 100% knows that this mm-hmm. wasn't like a it was it's what happened in 80s films yes, quite a lot yeah, of the time yeah, yeah. I mean there is a film poster in the background which I stopped and checked if it was real was it Whoopi Boys Whoop. was it that one? That's the one. Yeah, I did because it was it was very prominent in the background in the younger brother's room. Yeah, and it's it's a poster of two men with their like bending over with their bums, essentially hanging out with, uh, their, with um, their pants down. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. What is that? I don't know. Let's but is it look. real? Yeah, two obnoxious and dim-witted misfits attempt to save a school from needy children by attempting to sneak into a wealthy high society of. Palm Beach and get the money needed for their cause. Ooh, so I mean, I could really, yes. There's a lot going on there, isn't there? Yeah, just yeah. in the description. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think it's obviously a reference that has mm. been used in here. I mean, mm. oh, it's him. Oh, do you know who's in it? Oh, go on. Certainly one of your favorite actors from one of oh, your no, favorite really? films. Oh, I can't see. Hang on, I've got to put my glasses on. Is that Sting? No. Looks like Sting. On the left. Oh, it's Eugene from um, from Greece. Yes. It looks like Sting on the right, though. It's not. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, is he in it? So. It's not, it's not, it's not, not Sting. Sting. Not Sting. Okay. So that's coming to a date night near you, Sarah. No, it isn't. No, it isn't, Mark. <laughs> I think this is probably my limit of the, just comedies. You keep dragging me back to these com- comedy greats. Uh, yeah. You keep dragging me back to these sort of things that I, yes, definitely wouldn't. I'm gonna go yeah. You keep dragging me back to these sort of parody comedies that I never would have watched in a million years, and some work like this one, and I think it's the Sandberg connection, and others. Yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, probably need to. This may be the peak, and maybe we should leave it. Leave it there for this particular type of film. So, is this better than Crank? Yes, this is. This is many, <laughs> many, many times better than. I've forgotten how much I hated Crank, and now you're reminding me <laughs> that if we go, if you go back, um, anyone who's listening and have a listen to the review um, of Crank, you will hear a different Elaine, <laughs> a very, very different Elaine. <laughs> I feel very differently tonight to that. How many stars? So I think this is a nicely rounded three star film for me. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't push it any higher, but I wouldn't go any lower. Three. Three, as they say on another podcast that we listen to, it's a recommendation. Wow. So just pinch that for a second. Yeah, I, I think it's a nice Sunday night film. I think Saturday, even a Friday, oh God, 
it doesn't I'm matter what, at you. what day it is. I know, but I think a Friday night would be good as well. A Friday night film. I think a lot of the goodwill that I have from Palm Springs has also been brought to it. I think that that atmosphere well, and and the the connection to it. I think that's totally valid. Yeah, I think that's totally valid. If you came into this not knowing who what an yes. Andy Samberg is, yeah, um, yeah, I a lot of that is is coming along for the ride I think and you see someone diving into a into like a security truck in yes. the first four seconds of the film I think you know, was where they drown him <laughs> yes. and uh, and then they have to revive him and then he's sick all over Isla Fisher's face you know that sort of thing when you say that out loud you just kind of, I kind of go oh no but in the context of the film, yeah, I think it's got... You looked a little bit disappointed when I said three. Did you think I was going to go a bit higher? Yeah, I thought it might be pushed to inside-out territory. Bit, no, yeah. I, th- I think it's a little bit too... Okay. Yeah, I think it's it reaches a limit, is it and the, that limit is three. Is it the best film with a recurring gag regarding a taco fighting a toasted champ yes, sandwich? Yes, I think it is. I th- yeah. yeah, I definitely think that is... The, it's a Citizen yeah. Kane of films starring tacos <laughs> fighting... Toasted sandwiches. Yes, I would agree with that. Excellent. So, um, we're going to be back soon because we've got a lot we've, to talk we've about. We've got a lot to talk about. We need to come back with a TV and film. Uh, you beat the pictures. I've watched a lot of TV. So we're going to come back with a, a what we call a main show, which is where we talk <laughs> about what we've been watching. And then we will have some other bits and pieces as well. We haven't done an after work drinks for ages, I realised the other day, because there hasn't been much to say. And after work drinks, for anyone who doesn't know, is where we just sort of sit and usually on a Friday night after work has finished, having a few drinks and just discussing the state of affairs in the cinema at the moment. Yes. And because there hasn't been much going on, that we haven't really had that much to say, apart from like saying, oh, certain films have been pushed back. Now, I know that other films have been pushed back recently because like, the Mission Impossible films have been pushed back. Yeah. And things like that. So we might end up saying things like that to each other, but I'm sure we can find... Um, some other things to say on after work drinks. Serrano has been pushed back, even though the, even though the the buses are advertising it, that it's already out yet. No. Mark's a little bit obsessed with Serrano de Bergerac because he's learned about it by going to the pictures and, and seeing, seeing the, the trailer. trailer. Yeah, yeah. So we spent all of last night looking up what Serrano de Bergerac was all about, and then discussing Roxanne with um with what's his face Steve Martin. Yeah. And yeah, so we've, we've, yes. we've gone on a bit of a... So you, yeah, well done for bringing another Serrano reference into our life today, Mark. <laughs> so yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Slightly rambly ending. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The Honeymoon Pod. And if you'd like to leave us a review, you can do so on iTunes or you can leave us a rating on Spotify. That'd be brilliant. Thank you very yes. much, everyone. Cool. See, See you later. Soon. So, cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans.